Hi guys, Carrie here. Just want to give you a real quick heads up and a real quick apology. Uh, this episode is is amazing and wonderful, but uh, our live studio audience is with us in this episode, and all three of us are in this weird headspace in the beginning. It takes us a little while to get going, uh, so I just wanted to give you guys a, a heads up and, and ask you to fill up that glass of wine and gather all of your patients around you. Um, we eventually do get everything situated and straightened out but um yeah we uh, lots of giggle fits and and things like that uh it is a fantastic episode it is a wonderful location uh so i just wanted to jump in real quick before we get underway and say so sorry about it uh we really hope you enjoy it and we had a lot of fun making it so here we go let's get to the new episode thank you ghosts specters Whatever you want to call them, they've been around for thousands of years. Apparently she died from a tooth infection in one of the upstairs rooms in the house. As at the locations they haunt. History of a Haunting Podcast tells you all about these famous, infamous, and almost famous locations. And why they became terrifying places to visit. Grab a glass of wine and settle in with your hosts, Archie. I mean, that was definitely the wrong thing to do. And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it, but <laughs> hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want. <laughs> Two people just winging it in life, and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting. Does this podcast have snacks? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wow. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to History of a Haunting Podcast. We don't offer snacks, but the wine is flowing like the salmon of Capistrano. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm Carrie. I'm Archie. And our studio audience is joining us today. I'm Nancy. Hi, Mommy. Hello. This episode, we're taking you to the Durand... Durand. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this is the problem. Way to fucking go. Now she's in a giggle fit. This is the problem with recording two episodes in one day. Is we get through a bottle or two of wine. Literally one minute in. Not even a minute in. That was my mistake. <clears throat> Okay. This is not the Gerand Grome Hotel. This is the Jerome Grand Hotel. Also, in my notes, I spelled it J-E-R-O-M. Oh, Jerome. 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 We're probably going to be haunted by all kinds of people. (laughs) Probably our fucking listeners. (laughs) That was wrong with you in this episode. Jesus. Okay. Even our dogs don't want to Tater, the bingo bingo square ran off. I was like, fuck (laughs) this. Out. Bye. Okay. Okay. Let me try that again. (sighs) Let's let you. Jerome Grand Hotel. Yes. In? Jerome, Arizona. Yes, which, by the way, is our very first Arizona location. On air. Okay, well, there's that. <laughs> Being that we live in Arizona, uh, this is episode 20, 
and we kind of suck. Oh. And it took us 20 episodes to get to an Arizona location. Because there's so many amazing, beautiful places in Arizona that are haunted. I'll circle back to the very first episode we planned later. Archie, talk to us about the Jerome Grand Hotel and the mining town of Jerome, Arizona. All right. Well, I got my information from Jerome Gone. What the fuck? <laughs> Wow. Words are exceptionally hard in this episode, and we beg you to please bear with us. <laughs> You're never okay. going to get the PV ball. <laughs> oh, so Lord, she has to go to I PV ball s- after I this. I still have to go to Paradise Valley oh. Mall after this. Yeah, you're never going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And they said I'd never be a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what did they know? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be holding auditions for our co-host for History of the Haunting podcast. All right. So I got my information from JeromeGrandHotel.net. Hey, you said it right. (laughs) Here's Archie saying it right. Clink. Yay. Clink. Let's see if I can do it again. He <laughs> won't. Everybody knows what we're saying. <laughs> Everybody knows where we're at now. JeramGrandHotel.net, <laughs> Wikipedia, and LegendsOfAmerica.com. I did it. Jerome. <laughs> what did they say? Jeram Grand. Jeram. <laughs> well, it has an E in it. <laughs> but it also has an O. <laughs> it's after the E. <laughs> Jerome Grand Hotel dot neat. <laughs> Carrie, Carrie, you Carrie, can't, would you like you to say something? You can't breathe wine. <laughs> Is there something you want to say, Carrie? <laughs> I don't think she can speak right now. Jerome Grand Hotel.net, Wikipedia, and legendsofamerica.com gave me the following information. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very last episode of this. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to History of a Haunting. As you heard previously, we have had a a bit of the giggle fits. A bit. A bit. We're recording the Jerome Grand Hotel in Jerome, Arizona. I got my information from Jerome Grand Hotel. <laughs> you did it again! You said Jerome! No, you did it what? Okay, here we go. Oh, oh Jesus. Archie got his information from JeromeGrand.net, Wikipedia, and LegendsOfAmerica.com. He's not going to try and say the hotel's name anymore in his part. He's just going to say the place. Archie? It was Jerome. <laughs> JeromeGrandHotel.net. I, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm having the problem. <laughs> uh, we're on take four. It's the Jerome, place. Jerome Grand Hotel dot net. Jesus. Jesus. 
We have called out to him a lot. Jesus is not here today. He is not here today. Yeah, he, he wants better things to do. He wants no part of this. And he is in the corner laughing his fucking ass off. But I keep calling it Jerram. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Perched above downtown Jerome, high upon Cleopatra Hill, is a beautiful Spanish mission revival style building known as the Jerome Grand Hotel. Originally, this building served as the United Verde Hospital. The United Verde Hospital was constructed in 1926 to replace the old hospital constructed in 1917 when a fault shift, due to blasting, damaged the south wing. Once patients and equipment were moved to the new hospital in January 1927, the wing was removed and, with some major remodeling, became the clubhouse building and still stands minus the south wing. I have a question. Did you map this? I have not. <gasps> what? Well, I have, but only recreationally. <laughs> Fucking nerd. Okay. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> He's a nerd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so when you mapped it recreationally, how, how far from Phoenix is this place? Is it? Um, it's a, what, like a two-hour drive? Uh, I'm asking you. Oh, wait, hang on. Direction. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, an hour and 49 minute drive. Let me just... What is the mileage? 105 miles. So, from Phoenix, for all of our local listeners, you take the I-17 up and you kind of bank left at Camp Birdie. So, it's kind of on the way to Sedona, but you kind of bank left. Like, look at the map, guys. (laughs) (laughs) As she shows the microphone the map. Okay, can I continue, please? Yes, you can. I just wanted to let everybody know. You just wanted to show the microphone the map. I just wanted to show the microphone the map. I just wanted to triangulate, like, where it's at from where we are. Please continue. I still have to go to Paradise Belly Mall (laughs) after this. (laughs) I've got to go to the liquor store after this. The strange location for the fourth and last hospital built, now the Jerome, Jesus, Jerome Grand Hotel, the place, the place, the place, the place, my God, I'm sorry, was due to the known stability of the ground. The building plans are dated February 1926, and this 30,000 square foot poured in place concrete building was opened in January 1927. Wait, the known stability of the ground? Yes. That's interesting. What does that mean? That means in the previous paragraph. (laughs) When I said the hospital was fractured due to mine blasting. So the rock was so... The rock was um, fractured. But this... So they moved it to more stable ground. That's fascinating. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry that I'm, I'm questioning it. I, I'm not questioning you or the history. I just, I found an interesting part in my portion about the ground. Mm. But it didn't touch on that. But I don't know. Maybe when I say my, maybe we'll figure this out. It, it's fascinating. Especially, well, I mean, it was a mine, so. Anyway, go on. Sorry. <laughs> it was an open pit mine, right? Not a shaft mine? I don't know. <laughs> not, not, not a little harder, Carrie, please. <clears throat> it was a nip. 
It was an open pit mine. Oh my God. As most mines in Arizona were. So just say yes. Yes. Cool, okay. Okay. All right. The building was considered by many a masterpiece of architecture because not only was it constructed of poured-in-place concrete, but also at a 50-degree slope on solid bedrock up against the slopes of Mingus Mountain. The 30,000-square-foot building was designed to be fireproof. Not one piece of wood is in the framework and also earthquake-proof as it needed to withstand not only the rumblings of Mother Nature, but also the blasts of 260,000 pounds of dynamite. That's kind of fucking brilliant. Don't you think that's oh, kind yeah. of fucking brilliant? Oh yeah, they, they knew what they were up against. The building featured patient call lights, balconies, sun porches, emergency backup lighting, an Otis self-service elevator, an ice-making room, laboratories, x-ray, major and minor surgical facilities, men's, women's, and children's wards, private and semi-private rooms, blanket warming closets, and housing for some staff. In 1930, it was considered the most modern hospital in Arizona and possibly the western states. William Clark used this as just another marketing tool to attract the best employees. Good housing, great schools, and the top medical care available. The building was originally equipped with three boilers. The 50-horsepower Kiwani low-pressure steam boiler for heat is still being used. Oh, my. Designed to be to designed to use wood, coal, or oil, it has been converted Wow, to use natural gas. The boilers are all placed in a pit designed to both serve as a place to flush out the boilers and catch water from two wick drains from the building foundations. Oh, that's cool. What's a wick drain? <laughs> it wicks water from the surrounding foundation. It what? The wick effect. So right. imagine like... It pulls um, water in instead of letting it devour the rock. Oh. So like oh, imagine okay. a, a puddle of water and you put a paper towel in and it wicks water away. It absorbs the water. Oh, okay. That's considered the wick effect. So a wick drain functions the same way. Oh, okay. That's cool. Water released into the pit flows to a lower tank from which it is pumped out. The vacuum or recovery tank collects the condensed steam or water from the radiators and then pumps it back into the steam boiler. The system is fully automated as it was originally designed. So it, it's continually operating to this day. Fully automated as of the, when? Late 20s? Is that when you said this was installed? 1930. That's amazing. And it, and it still works. It's still operational. They're still using it to this day. From the radiators and the pumps back into the steam boiler. The system is fully automated as it was originally designed. The over 90-year-old GE motors Holy that shit. work the vacuum pumps are still operational. Oh my god. That's fucking impressive. Good the, on you, uh, GE. Mm-hmm. Right? The, uh, the Otis elevator, which was America's first self-service elevator as installed in the United Verde Hospital, as it was back then, Mm. still serves all five floors of the building. The elevator is regularly maintained and inspected, ensuring safety for public use to this day. Holy shit. Also, it runs on its own. It does. Um, What? It runs on its own, but I... That's a ghost doing it. Go on. I'll talk about that in a minute. Phelps Dodge Mining Corp. Woohoo! Acquired the United Verde Jerome Mine Holdings in 1935 and continued to operate 
the United Verde Hospital until it closed in 1950. Phelps Dodge Mining Corp. acquired the United Verde Jerome Mine Holdings in 1935 and continued to operate the United Verde Hospital until it closed in 1950. The hospital was maintained fully furnished for approximately 20 years, after which Phelps Dodge knew it would never be used as a hospital in the future. Most of the furnishings were removed in the 1970s and 80s, and Phelps Dodge would, over time, hire a live-in caretaker or leave it to family just to keep it occupied and safe from vandals. That's exactly what they did with uh, Aha mm-hmm. Hospital, yeah. After the death of the last caretaker in the 1980s, the building was boarded up and watched over by the local police and small staff still at the Phelps Dodge headquarters in Jerome. While some vandalism did occur over time, this added an incentive for liability reasons for Felt Dodge to sell. In December 1993, an offer to purchase was made to the Phelps Dodge Corp. by Larry Alther of Phoenix, Arizona, and possession was taken on May 29, 1994. Larry Alther still owns and operates the Jerome Grand Hotel. For this to work as a hotel in Arizona, some negatives had to be overcome. To start, Jerome was just not that busy in 1994, and very seasonal on top of that. It is kind of a, a it, kind of like Camp Verde, in that it's it's sort of in between the gross desert where we live in Phoenix and the beautiful like cooler mm-hmm. pine top pine like Flagstaff area. Yeah, it's it's like halfway up the mountain. It's halfway up the mountain, so it probably gets the best and the worst of both locales. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to go there. We do. We do. Clamp it road trip. Yay! <laughs> the beginning of Hill Street leaving Highway 89A to the hotel starts out as two-way, single-lane road, and located one level above the sometimes busy Main Street where 99% of the shops and sometimes opened restaurants were located. Wait, the pa- sometimes opened restaurants? Sometimes Are they open. seasonal? They're seasonal. Oh, okay. Okay. The Palace Restaurant now called Haunted Hamburger, was opened in 1994. We gotta go there, Mom. She's looking at me like, no. Um, Yes. (laughs) Was opened in 1994 and is located across from Hill Street. This was the first restaurant serving lunch and dinner to have dependable hours and was the first to start attracting people one level above downtown. Few people drove in 1926 when the hospital was built and only 12 spaces were provided. Over a thousand dump truck loads were excavated to make the now 70 spaces for the hotel and restaurant. Excavation was done... Wait, they've only got 70 parking spaces? No, now they have 70. Well, that's what I'm saying. Now they have... Well, it used to be 12. (laughs) Okay, but... Oh, I guess it just looks like a bigger hotel than that. How many rooms did... Have you said yet? Oh, I haven't gotten to that yet. But Coming was, up, how many rooms? <laughs> it was a hospital when it was constructed. So they only had 12 parking spaces. Okay, and in, a, in, in a tiny little mining That was town. probably plenty. Oh, more than enough. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay, sorry, go on. Excavation was done during the first two years of renovation, and it wasn't until July 1996 the first rooms were ready and the building opened. 
1997, the Grandview Restaurant and Lounge were opened, but it soon became apparent that leasing the restaurant was a better plan, and in 2003, the Asylum Restaurant was opened and continues to operate. Oh my god, okay, so when we go there, can we please go to the Haunted Hamburger for dinner, and the Asylum Restaurant for breakfast, lunch, and everything else? For sure. For sure. Fire is a major My concern. mom's sighing like I'm so exasperated with both of you. <laughs> well, I'll go maybe once. God, I'm done with both of you, so that's par for the course. <laughs> Fire is a major concern for any hotel, new or old. The United Verde Copper Company insisted the building to be built fireproof and be able to withstand major blasting from the mines. Each floor has three fire zones, and when the stairwells, stairwell doors close, a six-hour fire break is established between floors. Uh, okay, yes. so... So, that means if fire breaks out on floor three, mm-hmm. and you're on floor four or five... You have six hours to get out? Basically. Oh, Get okay. your ass to the stairwell. Six-hour fire break. It'll hold for six hours. It'll hold for six oh, hours. Oh, okay. If, okay. You, if you are unable to get to the elevator, as you should not do in a fire, of course. get to the stairwell, the fire people, the fire safety people can rescue you. They have six hours to get to you. In and it, in, a, in such a tiny place, if it takes you six hours to get there, there's a bigger problem. There's a bigger problem. So you would be safe in the stairwells. Okay, so six-hour fire break means you have six hours before that floor no longer holds. Exactly. Okay, I get you. Okay. Well, with um, all of these safety issues in place, the hotel stairwells are actually termed as an above-ground bomb shelter in the Spanish mission style. (laughs) Oh my God, really? Yes. All exterior walls, floors, and roof are reinforced poured-in-place concrete, with only wood-used construction being doors, windows, and building cabinets. Because of the dynamite blasting from the fucking mine. Walls between rooms are compressed gypsum blocks, plastered on both sides, and ceilings suspended in metal lathe and plaster. That's fucking fascinating. it's, It's well overbuilt, but in the location it is, not a bad idea. Well, sure. Oh, my God. There is so a, probably one of the most safest hotels in the country. Oh, for sure. Holy there, shit. There is a full sprinkler system and alarm system added. They are inspected yearly, and they are... That makes sense. They make it the most safe building in Jerome, as far as fire safety is concerned. That is amazing. But It makes a lot of sense, though, but when you get down to the like actual brick and mortar reasons why and what they've done to make sure that it is that's fascinating Mm -hmm. oh yeah oh my god wow okay well also along with that safety are a lot of negatives oh such as the building just looked fucking spooky (laughs) (laughs) that's my line (laughs) (laughs) to complete construction on time the original colored veneer stucco was applied too soon and lime leached through making the exterior look about a hundred years older than when it was brand new. Wait a minute, lime like limestone? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, lime lime is used in concrete and gypsum, so when exposed to weather, it weathers faster. Really, that's fascinating. That kind of explains why it's so fucking haunted. Well, located high up on the mountain, set of oh god, it's subject to weather and weathering. Well, sure. Um, 
The operating windows faced Hill Street added to the Frankensteinish appearance, which some <gasps> Wait, the operating room like the operating room windows? Operating windows. Oh, uh, so like the ones that like that open, open and close? Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. While a lot of people loved it, was not really great for a hotel. <laughs> the original colors for the stucco windows and doors have been used, and the awnings were added in 2006. The awnings were added in 2006, giving it more inviting appearance. Okay. While steam heat was used from the beginning, evaporative cooling was added, pressurizing the corridors, with the guests having to open or close a transom to regulate cooling. It was a very antiquated system, but it worked quite well. In 2015-2016, individual climate control was installed in all rooms, and the transoms were permanently fixed-closed. Today, the Jerome Grand Hotel currently provides 23 fully restored modern rooms, with more rooms available in the future as the hotel continues to renovate. It 23 is, guest rooms. It is Jerome's only full-service hotel with, with its own bar, restaurant, gift shop, and 24-hour front desk. Wow. Yeah. 23. It looks way fucking bigger. It's, it's, it's a huge hotel. They have lots of opportunity to expand in the future. I would imagine so, because it looks really, really big. But and it's really beautiful, and it's at the highest point in the town. Wow. We gotta go. We do. Call in tomorrow. Kind of cool. Call in tomorrow. We're going. Okay. <laughs> he can't even get to Paradise Valley Mall. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of History of the Haunted. We're on our way to fucking Jerome. Or Jerram or whatever you call it. Jerram or whatever coin oh or coin. <laughs> Archie huge calling it. Yeah. Oh my god. Archie's your second child, not your grandson. Oh right, right. Right, right, right. He's my second child. I can say Philadelphia with no problems, but I can't get Jerome right. Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Been there many times. Good job, Arch. That was oh amazing. God. I'm and sorry we made it really. I'm sorry we made it really fucking hard for you. That was really great. Good job. Thanks. That was interesting. That was super go, interesting. Just gonna go die somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, my Archie, I could. Oh, oh my god he wasn't serious give me a break i know that i was kind of serious <laughs> okay That's we just really said you you said jaram like nine times <laughs> i've said jaram and now it's gonna be on the internet okay so my part let's talk about the jaram <laughs> grown dodel oh how rude <laughs> I, I, thought, rude. I thought we would go with the you know the flow you oh said oh my god uh, I got my portion from legendsofamerica.com, Avi. Yes. 12news.com, which what? is a local news channel here in wow. Phoenix. And then also the latimes.com. LA Times? Yes. Yeah. They write some seriously crazy stuff in the LA Times. Huh. <laughs> because LA is seriously crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, mm, fitting. And there went all the LA listeners. <laughs> We didn't have that many. Sorry. It's okay. I actually do want to start my part um, with a a quote, air quote, from the LA Times. (laughs) That's a thing now. Everybody get used to it. Oh, my God. (laughs) They started their article that I read um, with the following. The bed covers provide false security. People died on this floor. 
on the ones above and below. The Jerome Grand Hotel's history has chapters written in blood. Souls at unrest loom, folks say. Pulling the sheets over your face won't hide the questions that hit seconds before slumber. Is the darkness empty or is someone there? Well, that's pretty fucking dramatic. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? It's creepy. It's super creepy. Give that writer a star. Good on you, LA Times. Writer uh, heretofore mentioned later. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He did. Oh, God damn it. It's happening a lot in these last two episodes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Should should they be allowed to pre-mark? Banco squares? No. Okay. No, but I mean, like episode they, specific. Episode specific, but you do it in Alzheimer's episodes. So, so if you miss one, you'll catch at least yeah, two more. Keep paying close attention. <laughs> it's gonna happen again. <laughs> Largely in uh, Hampton Court Palace. Oh no! Oh my God! And oh. and and Eastern State, and also the beginning of this one. And everything else you hear me speaking on. <laughs> Seriously. Even some of our Facebook lives. Um, <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Oh, he did it again. God damn it. It, it might be kind of unfair that we're making him like, we're like, snort laugh, ha ha, because he can't actually breathe right now because he's sick. <laughs> it still counts. Okay. So it's interesting because almost from the beginning of the building's history, not just the hotel, but from the beginning of the building's history, it, it's it been known to be haunted. Um, it's said to be one of the most haunted buildings in the state of Arizona, hmm. which is different. And you were getting ready to go there, weren't you? Oh, yes. You were yes, really was. Getting, Yeah, you was getting ready to go there. Um, no, in the state of Arizona, with a strange number of phenomena, phenomena, occurring over the decades. So I guess shortly after the hospital opened, both patients and staff began to tell stories of hearing people talking and coughing and moaning and cries of distress coming from empty rooms. It would make sense to like hear that, you know, in a, in a hospital, but the rooms were empty. So that's, mm. it's like pretty weird. Pretty where, pretty much anywhere I am right now is coughing and moaning and swearing. <laughs> okay, I didn't say swearing. Yeah. Right. That's just me. <laughs> it's just Archie coughing, moaning, and swearing. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, a lot of people believe that many lingering spirits who had died in the deathly flu epidemic in 1917 um, were these these ghostly sounds that they were hearing even though the hospital wasn't even built at that time a lot of people thought that maybe these lost souls found the found the building once it was built wishing that it had actually been there at the time they found their way there yeah yeah um one of the first reports of a spectral soul i like that phrase spectral soul spectral soul Mm. that's my garage man's name of course it is (laughs) Everybody look for, <laughs> look for Archie on Scruff as Spectral Soul. Stop it. Sorry, grinder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, this is one of the very first apparitions at the hotel was that of a woman dressed in white that began to be seen on a um, balcony when it was a hospital. Where was dressed in white? She has actually thought to have been a nurse, so that might explain the white. Oh, 
Yeah, Maybe. there's there's that too. Ah, <laughs> uh, isn't the most obvious reasons <laughs> just so obnoxious? Um, anyway, this particular phantom lingered for years, but has apparently moved on because she's not been seen since the building became a hotel. Oh, right? Yeah. Um, that lends more credence to the nurse mm-hmm. outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Chris Al. What's the name of the family? Altier, Alter, Altier. Oh God, what did I say? Alter. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't go by what Archie said because he's sort of Altier. There we go. Chris A. So now he is a son of one of the owners that purchased the building and turned it into a hotel. So, by extension, he was raised in the Jerome Grant Hotel. Oh wow. Yeah. So as we all know, it was the town's former hospital, and it. Obviously, if it wasn't, we wouldn't be doing an episode on it. Happens to be one of the most haunted buildings in the state. Now, um, I can relate to this particular gentleman in that I was also raised in hotels. So I know what it's like. (laughs) Not haunted hotels. Although the Biltmore probably mom is probably haunted. We should. I think that would be an interesting thing to look into. I think it would too. Frank Lloyd Wright designed the Arizona Biltmore and uh, I believe some of his shit's haunted. It's been there since 1929. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's gotta and be. And was home to many, many movie stars and all kinds of... Yeah. I remember, didn't um, Reagan go there and you had to oh, get, yeah. you had to get Secret there. Service clearance? I had Secret Service clearance, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, I got a lot of stories. So just my, I mean, about growing up in, in hotels, as does Jennifer, because she always, when my mom was manager on duty, she would stay with me. <laughs> yeah, so growing up in a hotel, I feel you, Chris. Anyway, he would say that as a kid running through the building and playing around up there, because really, when you, when you grow up in a hotel, when your family runs a hotel or they work in a hotel, you kind of can go wherever you want, and everybody that works there knows who you are, so they're not like, hey, you kid, what are you doing? Right, right. So I kind of like would run all over the fucking place, um, as this kid obviously did <laughs> as well. Um, so he says that he, running all over the place, he definitely felt a presence. Um, he said that, unfortunately, <laughs> poor housekeeper. <laughs> a lot of the room attendants even would share their stories and they would say that they would be cleaning rooms and from time to time they would just get that real cold chill kind of go through you when they would go into certain rooms. Poor housekeeping. Mm. It's it's not. Also, you know, you got ghosts and what if you open the door and there's a dead body in the bed? I mean, it's not the best. Mm. Yeah, it happened once. Um, anyway, he's, he goes on to say that just hearing all the old hospital stories, there was one death per day approximately in his building when it was a hospital. They were doing a lot of operations, and a lot of those were amputations. So if you think about it, it was a mining town. Miners would get injured. Mm, yuck. Um, apparently they had a shoot in the hospital where all of those body parts were disposed um, and it was right in one of the current hotel's hallways. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Archie's turning a little green. <laughs> yeah. Again, welcome to my part where it's all sunshine and happiness. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, 
he goes on to say that the surgeons and the doctors were able to come out of the operating room, which is down in this hallway. And they were able to walk to that chute and dispose of some pretty gruesome things that were coming out of the operating room. Mm. Yes. He does talk about what? (laughs) Pretty gross. Uh, He does talk about one particular instance that he remembers. He said that, uh, quote, we had nobody scheduled to check in that day. We had nobody in the building, in fact. And the phone started ringing down behind the front desk, and it was on the switchboard. And this phone call was coming from room 41 up on the top floor. (sighs) Sorry. Goosebumps. He says, so I picked up the phone. And it was a woman, and she was speaking a very, very fast language. It was very foreign. It sounded like this woman was in trouble. He says, and then all of a sudden, the phone cut out and went dead. So I hung up the phone, and I took my keys, and I ran up to that room, to the very top floor, and there was nobody in the room. I picked up the phone and made sure that it rang down on that same line, and it did. It was working fine. So I left, I went back downstairs, and I sat in my chair, and as I sat in that chair... It rang again. The phone started ringing from the same room. I picked it up. But this time there was just some very, very eerie breathing noises. Very disturbing. Very raspy breathing noises. Well, that's creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I've I've worked at at the front desk of a hotel, and you know when a call is coming in from a guest room. I mean, it says it right there on the switchboard. Mm Mm-hmm. To know that that, and then you check the room and there's nobody there and nobody's been there and nobody's checked in. Like, you know what a fucking vacant room is. Right. And then to go back down and another, another call comes from there. No. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm quitting. <laughs> Except that this person was the owner's son, so I probably couldn't be like, I'm fucking out. I'm later. done. Nope. Peace out. Yeah. Peace out later nope. days. Nope. No luck for that guy. No. Um, there is a spirit that has lurked in the building for many years, and he is that of an old bearded miner. His, air quote, appearance was first reported by a hospital patient who reported having seen this guy gliding down the hall and turning on all the lights as he moved down the hall. Whoa. Right? Um, another nurse in, during the building's hospital reign reported to see the same bearded man standing at the very end of the hallway. However, when she approached him, he mysteriously vanished. Today, guests of the hotel continue to report spying this ghostly vision of a bearded man, especially on the second and third floors. Wow. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to see that. Oh, God. Oh, God. Pause, because I'm drinking water. Okay. <laughs> My back is killing me. It's okay. It's okay. Are you sure I... She sat down. Oh, she was. Mm-hmm. Tell her if you woke her up. I don't know. I do to my girl. Go back a seat. Okay. Here we go. Go back, back a seat, baby girl. <sighs> okay. So the phenomena, other phenomena described in the historic hotel includes all manner of strange occurrences, including the sounds of phantom footsteps going up and down the stairs and hallways, doors that open and close of their own accord and objects that uh, move of their own will. In addition, electrical appliances turn off and on by themselves. 
so many of these weirdo fucking happenings occur before the housekeeping staff. Again, I know <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's awful. Poor um, housekeeping staff. Seriously. They have seemingly become favorite targets. Oh, <gasps> well, they're regular. Oh my God. Sometimes hearing their names being called out by phantom voices. Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. That's very creepy. Imagine if you were up checking rooms and you just heard, Nancy, and you go to look and there's no fucking room attendant on the floor. I'd be calling Bitsy or Michael or somebody and saying, get your ass out there. <laughs> <laughs> you check for this fucking ghost. <laughs> anyway, however, there's bright side. The room attendants say that the ghosts are accommodating enough as when they ask them to stop, it does. At least for a few days. Oh, okay. Until then, they're off, and then the next, and another group the next group's problem. God. Shift two, you're up. You're up. <laughs> <laughs> the hotel lobby is another active place uh, for many of the spirits. Here, um, the lobby doors have been seen opening and closing by themselves, like somebody is arriving or leaving. Uh, chairs have been rearranged while the desk clerks turn their backs. A lot of these hotels that are haunted are fucking really picky. Like, I don't like the design mm-hmm. of this. Mm-hmm. Let's not, oh, yeah. Let's change that. <laughs> no, I don't like that. I don't like that. I'll move it. I actually kind of feel that's the ghost my mother would be. She'd haunt a hotel and she'd be like, I don't like this. I don't like that. As this, long this as wasn't... the toilet paper rolls over and up, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but seriously, that's how she makes us do it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> items have flown off the shelves in the gift shop as well as from the walls in the lobby. The lobby desk has also received a number of phone calls from empty rooms as the owner's son has mm-hmm. attested to. Mm-hmm. So it generally to the front desk staff comes as no surprise when the line is picked up and no one is on the other end. Let's talk a little bit about Claude Harvey. Now, Mom, I'm going to brace you right now. You're not going to like how this gentleman died. And, Why is and, it going to affect me? Because it's gross. Oh. Okay. And even Chewy is like, I just don't know. I don't I'm think I want to hear any of this. I don't want to hear any of this. Um, he actually is the most famous ghost of the hotel. Uh, he was a hospital maintenance man in 1935. Um, one of Jerome's, again, most popular ghosts um, is also perhaps the noisiest. So, when Mr. Harvey's body was found pinned underneath the elevator in the basement, his death was ruled an accident. Yes. He was crushed to death by the elevator. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. Strangely, though, it's funny you say that, the inquest into his death determined that the elevator did not kill him. Mm Mm-hmm. Some said perhaps he jumped to his death, but the vast majority of people suspect that he was murdered and his body dumped at the bottom of the elevator shaft. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes Poor Claude. Poor Claude. Yes, I did read that. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, however, almost immediately after his death, strange occurrences began in the building, especially in and around the elevator. The elevator. I don't blame him. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Lights in the elevator shaft have been seen. The sound of the creaking elevator has long been heard. And even when the building was vacant, when the power there was no power going to it, uh, and even yet today, when it's unused, 
the elevator, you hear it. It's the sound of it moving up and down. And um, So apparently the cab moves unbidden at all hours, uh, and the front desk clerk, Deborah, all A of the family that owns it. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, she says they say he plays with the lights, too, which has often been seen. Um, others have claimed to see the figure of a shadowy man in the basement, on the stairs, and near the elevator. Uh, the spectral man has been described as appearing furious, which if it's Claude... Yeah, I can kind of understand that. Yeah. Fucking duh. Yeah, I'd be pissed, too. Mm-hmm. Others have simply felt an angry presence. Many speculate that Harvey has unfinished business here on Earth, not resting until his murderer has been implicated. Oh. Makes sense, right? That makes yeah, sense. I yeah, I want yeah. somebody to know. For sure. Uh, though his spirit is said to make those he encounters very, very uncomfortable, he's never hurt anybody. Um, others have reported hearing a dissident whistling, presuming the sounds of Harvey still dutifully performing his maintenance routine, even from beyond the grave. Oh. Yeah. Like you said way back, yeah. sometimes you never escape mental management. You never get out of it. Never get out of it. Uh, other spirits are also said to roam throughout the hotel. They are attributed to a number of tragic events in the building, including, this is awful, including a man in a wheelchair who wheeled himself off of a balcony committing suicide, a shooting, also a suicide, both from the same room, a shooting and a caretaker who hanged himself. Oh. Uh, <laughs> this woman in white, maybe in the nurse, maybe a different woman. She is also seen roaming the hallways and a small child has also been seen running through the bar area. So maybe that was, you know, that was you. me, was me. <laughs> me and Archie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, guests and staff continue to report being pushed in the hallways, doors that slam shut by themselves, the sound of ghostly cries, and photographs that persistently develop with ghostly hazes and numerous orbs. Sounds like a terrible place to stay. <laughs> it does, and I can't wait. <laughs> rooms 23 and 25 were known as the, quote, death rooms, where terminally ill patients drew their final breaths. Room 32, where the two men committed suicide state, is the most requested one by ghost hunters. Oh, wow. Yeah. Room so, what? Uh, 32. 32. There, you, there you go. That's your room. I want to keep right? that in mind. So or she's like, why there. did you fucking remind her? I'll um, take room 24. I'll stay anywhere but 32. <laughs> <laughs> um, some other accounts of folks that had checked in. Um, one couple chose to mount a digital camera near the ceiling of their hotel room during their stay. A ghostly orb. Okay. I'm going to say this right now. I don't put a lot of stock in orbs. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of times it can be attributed to dust or, you know, yeah, a bug a or whatever. This one's weird though. So they chose to mount the digital camera in the ceiling of their hotel room. And a ghostly orb appears to float across the room and into the back of the woman's head while she slept. The same orb then comes out of her head and again pictured moving, seeming to dance back and forth across the couple's heads as they slept. That's not dust. Do they have like fucked up dreams or anything? Did they report anything? I didn't say. They didn't report anything. They, oh, except yeah. for they just showed the video of this orb. And who took this video? A couple that stayed in, in they, one of the they rooms. They did. Oh. Um, one of the most common sounds... Oh, this one's awful. The One of the most common sounds heard in any busy hospital 
is the first cry of a newborn baby. Guests of this hotel frequently report the sound of an infant crying. What what room is that? Just all the know. rooms in oh. the hallway. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Mm-hmm. Callers have reported the sound to hotel staff, claiming to hear it coming from a neighboring room, only to learn that the room had not been occupied. I'll be staying at the Comfort Inn. <laughs> in, yeah. in Cottonwood. Yeah. I'll stay with Debbie and Debbie Rick. Debbie and Rick. Yeah, Camp Birdie. Camp Birdie. Um, <laughs> again, the most popular of all the rooms available for guests to retire after an evening of ghost hunting is room 32. Uh, the room is well known as most the most haunted room in the hotel. After having been the location of, like I said, not one, but two grisly suicides. Guests who dare to attempt to sleep in this room are awoken by the sounds of doors opening by themselves and a water streaming from faucets that apparently turn themselves on full blast. Oh, oh bless your heart. Yes. <laughs> and I, I, I've got to say it because this is probably where Archie wants to stay. The hotel is even home to the ghostly form of a feeling. Uh-huh. Oh, it's a cat. You know, get over it. You know what? Just because I live with a shit ton of cats doesn't mean I like cats it anymore. Does, it, it also probably means you're going to be haunted by them for the rest of your life. Oh, fuck. Don't put that on me. Numerous guests have reported feeling a ghost cat brushing up against their leg, leaving an imprint on the bed linens from its cat nap. Sorry. My get ride, it? My ride just left. My ride just Cat nap. Got it. <laughs> And one guest even captured the phantom feline in a photograph, which I'm going to look for high and low on Oh, Jesus. The pic- oh, never mind. Sorry, I don't need to. The picture was framed. I copied and pasted this clearly. The picture was framed and it still sits upon the front desk of the hotel. Oh, well, that's a lovely advertisement, isn't it? Isn't it? Because everybody goes to Jerome to look for ghosts. No, and they do because it's you know, oh, <laughs> pretty really? much okay. do. Well, okay. <laughs> Can't hurt it is, Debbie. I'll be, I'll be there. I'll call you. The last of my stories um, uh, comes from Reddit, and oh, everybody no. knows Reddit is my favorite. <sighs> so a couple posted a YouTube video of their bathroom door opening and closing on its own. The the guy wrote, "This happened on Monday, uh, October 29th, ninth, two thousand eighteen, about twenty minutes after we got to the room." We tried to debunk what happened, but the air and the ceiling fan were both off. The room had no drafts or air movement. It happened once before I started recording, and I didn't expect my wife to say anything, but she said, do it again. And the door opened a little more. And it did. If you watch this video, it's just this door that is just there. And then all of a sudden, she's like, do it again. And the door opens. Opens a little more. Uh, do it again and it closes it never fully opens or closes it just kind of moves it just moves every time she says do it again do it again it was pretty fascinating and the way they're filming it like there's nobody in the bathroom there's no there's no it's it's fascinating video anyway he says it's kind of freaky and I couldn't replicate the occurrence again after this now a, a former employee stated that um <laughs> They probably do of all like the fucking people experiencing shit. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> this person says, "I saw two bottles on a flat, very sturdy surface shake, like they'd been slightly jolted one at a time." And I thought perhaps maybe it, there was nothing like that moved the entire bar. It was just these bottles on the bar. So she said. 
or this person said, do it again. After I said it, the third one next to them did the same thing, but the other two stayed level. Almost like somebody was taking them and shaking them. Whoa. Yeah, that was just like, that was my last week at work there, and I always heard the place was creepy. <laughs> Good on you. Right? <laughs> Seriously. She now works at the Hotel San Carlos in downtown Phoenix. <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, she does go on to say that I tried to recreate it over and over to prove it with something else doing it, and I couldn't. I have no expl- explanation for it. There was no draft, strong air, current, obviously no, absolutely no vibration strong enough to shake them and separately of each other. That's what got me was that it was the two bottles at first and then the one, the third, it weird. Um, this last Reddit, uh, bit was this person said, when I was a teenager, my friends and I snuck into the hotel when it was still just an abandoned hospital. Oh my. I know, these people are my spirit animals. Uh, <laughs> they heard a voice say, not caught it on EVP, but they heard a voice say, I can't breathe on one of the upper floors. Oh. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've got for um, the hauntings for the Jerome Grand Hotel. Uh, my fun facts, and they're pretty fun. Oh. I know. I love them. In all rooms, Channel 3 on the television replays a video of the town's history. And the narrator is an actor portraying a ghost. What? Yes. Here's the next one. There are also several wineries. Oh? Uh, yeah, right? Their ears oh, really? fucking perked up. They were, they were like, <laughs> I'm bored with life. Oh, wait, wineries? What? Wineries, what? What? Um, <clears throat> apparently a soil engineer found that Jerome's soil is, to, is actually remarkably similar to France's Loire Valley wine region. Oh. Right? Apparently that viniculture, which is the cultivating of grapes, I looked it up. (laughs) Because I don't know what that is. I don't know how wine's made. I just know that it's good. (laughs) Whatever. I do know how whiskey and bourbon are made. That viniculture, the cultivating of grapes, may explain the haunting. Um, people say that taking all that metal out of the ground might have created a vortex for the unrested souls. I didn't read too much into how Mm, viniculture is done, but that's what the owner has been told. Uh, now if you go to their website, which is jeromegrandhotel.net, their website states, visit once, take back memories forever. But I'm going to say... Just make sure it's only memories that you take back with you forever. <laughs> yeah. Because this place is very obviously creepy. Yeah. So let's talk about getting there. They are located at 200 Hill Street in Jerome, Arizona, 86331. For reservations and availability, call 1-888-817-6788. Again, their website is jeromegrandhotel.net. Uh, they do have a 4.5 star rating on TripAdvisor, and you can follow them on Facebook and YouTube. Fantastic. Fantastic. That is the Jerome Grand Hotel. And we actually have um, Libby has a listener story about her and her husband Shane's experiences at the Jerome Grand. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, pretty wild. That episode of Libby's experience at the hotel is going to come out on uh, last Wednesday in February, which I think is the 26th, 25th, 26th. 
Anyway, so uh, yeah, I highly, I highly, I highly recommend that place. Um, along with a haunted hamburger, did you say? And, haunted hamburger. Yeah. yeah, and then the asylum restaurant. That's I think in the hotel. Of, yeah. The asylum restaurant. Yeah, for sure. That's Gotta go there. Always. Gotta go there. Also, the hamburger sounds really good right now. Oh man. Right. I'm hungry. Oh, for sure. Uh, anyway, so yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining us. It was a bumpy fucking start. <laughs> I am so sorry for that. <laughs> but I... Shut up. <laughs> Archie. Even though I demanded all of that stay Archie in. insists that I keep it in. Because so. it was fucking hysterical. It was fucking hysterical. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, it was a double recording today. So we recorded Eastern State before this and now Jerome... Uh, and we, we really, really try hard not to do double recordings for these very fucking reasons. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, cause it's double the wine. <laughs> and dyslexia is real. Is real. It's a real problem for Archie. <laughs> Words are impossible for Archie in a double recording. Oh my God. Oh. And he never did get to the PV mall. Uh, <laughs> well, it's still early. I have to do laundry too. <laughs> he has to work tomorrow, but I don't. Oh, yeah. You can come do my laundry. I should have brought it. You should have brought it. <laughs> you should have brought the washer and dryer along with yeah, it. Yeah, bring the fucking washer and dryer. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much. <coughs> God, my damn. my co-host is coughing yeah. along up. My studio audience is getting up and leaving, so I guess I'm going to fucking sign us off. Uh, <laughs> what is we, this? We really do appreciate you, and um, stay tuned next week when we do the... We go back to Louisiana and the Myrtle's Plantation, so oh. we will see you then, guys. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.